Welcome to the Unsuccess Podcast, a podcast where we talk about vocation and ministry here in Portland, Oregon. I'm David Libby. And I am Josh Hawk. And today we're back together again, just you and I. Just, th- we sh- should be a song, just the two of us. Just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> Another context. Yeah, right? Um, so today we're going to be talking about something that uh, came up when we talked with AJ about Sabbath, because he had recently written a book on Sabbath. Um, but I think there's a lot more to talk about. You and I spoke, and uh, Sabbath is a very churchy word, and yeah. Sabbath is only ever spoken about in a church context, and I think there's um, there's benefit to Christians uh, for keeping the Sabbath, but I think there's just I mean, there's just benefit in life. So uh, yeah, we're I think one phrase that comes to mind is self care. Um, I think self care and Sabbath have a lot of similarities. Um, Which you you are not a fan of the idea of self care. Oh man, and I'm not. I'm, being honest, you know, I'm not a big fan of a lot of Sabbath practices too. Um, and and I don't. Because I think at, at its its heart, and this is where we need to be careful, I, I think, um, is when when we have self, when it's about self, when when we take a Sabbath for our ourselves um, to energize ourselves, you know, or to to it, I don't know, it just becomes so selfish in nature, and and that's what that's the ideology, I guess, that kind of rubs me wrong a little bit. And so in self care, the same way, you know, like if if we're taking taking days off or being intentional about caring for ourselves, just for ourselves' sake, um, then that's not. I don't think that's good enough. Um, but you know, being being able to uh, to love others, to care about others, to to operate through life, um, there are practices that are essential. Um, I just. Just not crazy about framing them in the terminology of selfishness. Sure. So then, uh, what uh, is Sabbath? Word. What's Sabbath? If if it's not for us, which I would um, disagree and point to certain words of Jesus, but we'll get to that. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? Um, well, yeah. I I think now. I think it is. It it's for us, sort of, but not ultimately. Um, yeah, I I think it it affects uh, our relationships with with everybody around us. You know, whether whether at work, whether at fam- or at home with our family or the, with our friends. Um, yeah, and so it it affects the system in which we. We're a part of, I guess. We're um, in a really interesting world. Um, I have some friends who are from uh, from Kenya. W- the seminary I went to had one of the professors was from Kenya, and so there are some uh, friends of his who would come to the school as students, and I uh, got to know quite a few of them. I worked on the maintenance crew with some of them, and... Um, and more than one of them brought up the same thought when they when they first got there like in their first term they would say gosh it's it's so 
strange being here because you stay up so late here. Hmm. You when when the sun goes down, you know, the lights come on and the computer is on, you stay up later here. And um especially we were we were in seminary. I mean, it's grad school. You're right. you're Step working you're working your butt off and so you're uh you're working all night or well into the night and then you wake up early and go to class. And so like the natural rhythm of of work and rest is thrown off and and then the um the western idea of like what you have to do and how you have to live your life especially we were in grad school there's right. there's no sabbath <laughs> like you can't you can't take a day of rest because there's there's crap that needs to be done yeah. there's school yeah. and then there's work on top of school because you can't go to school if you can't pay for school so you're working on top of that and then for a, a lot of us were married and so you have uh time with your spouse that's put into that and then you have uh, it was some people had kids. I didn't have kids at the time, and so there's time that goes into that. In the Western world, we don't rest, and maybe that's why. Try and still articulate why my holdup with self care or that self idea is, and maybe it's because if we're living in such a way where we need to take a day off a week to re-energize, to recharge, to take care of ourselves. then, man, part of me thinks we're living wrong. Um, you know, like we, if we're running ourselves ragged, like the, there are natural rhythms and routines, I guess, you know, you said you preached a, a message a while ago, you know, on Sabbath and you used a bunch of R words. Yeah, yeah. Used in alliteration, which can we our generation is not crazy about. David, re, le, don't say R word. <laughs> I used I, I, I used I rest. Well, let's let's say what the R words are so that people don't get the wrong idea. Relationship <laughs> resistance, rest, and rhythm. They're perfectly appropriate words. <laughs> Except they all start with the same letter. They do. It was not, I, I was not happy about having done it, but... But uh, it works. It, and some, I, sometimes you just got to go with it, I guess. I, I didn't like that I did, <laughs> but I did. Um, but anyway, the natural cycles of rhythm and rest, and uh, we we don't sleep well as a society, I think. Um, we don't probably don't sleep enough. Um, we don't rest enough. We, we're always pushing ourselves. And so like we go, Oh, I just, I need a vacation. Like, man, why, why do we like live our lives? We, we burn the candle. Burn, yeah. yeah. And then, and then we just, uh, we, we wait for that vacation or retirement. Are you like our whole life is built up until we retire? Another R word, by the way. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sabbath Sabbath as retirement is work until you're done. That's yeah. not that's not what Sabbath is. No. <laughs> um that's the opposite. That's the thing we're trying to undo with this podcast. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I I'm not I, I don't like thinking about Sabbath or self-care as like this a, a day a week where we have to recharge or re-energize because we're 
just working like crazy. Um, so the reason I really wanted to talk about this and, and um, I, I brought this up when we first started our, our podcast because I think Sabbath so very well fits uh, the theme of what we're trying to talk about. Yeah. To be a successful pastor, I mean, like an American or Western world successful pastor, you need to work until you collapse. I mean, you'd, maybe not. You could get lucky. That's true about you, just about any profession, too. Right, right. But if that's what you're chasing, yeah, you yeah, need yeah. to work until you collapse. I, um, I knew a guy who he required that his paid staff work um, between 65 and 80 hours every week, and then he required that his volunteers, it, it was a big church, and um, his volunteers needed to work in the ballpark of 40 hours for the church a week. I mean, you're you're talking about volunteers yeah. that have forty hour a week jobs, so you're you're committing them to eighty. Most of them have families, like they will at that point never have time or never have rest, never experience the kind of rest that that God wants us to have. And so, um, I think that way of thinking is extremely problematic. It leads to burnout pastors. It leads to burnout volunteers. It leads to, um, yeah. uh, I've, I've heard some, I, I listened to a podcast where they have a lot of ex Christians on and, um, and a lot of them have volunteered in the church and they said, you know, the church, I, I've heard this come up a few times. The church is a, such a strange thing in America because we expect a lot out of our people that um, we don't pay them for, hmm. and and uh, that I mean, there's not really much of a way around that. But if we don't also put a <coughs> like put in people's minds and drill in people's minds that um, uh, rest is priority, mm-hmm. regular rest then we're just burning people out. I mean, that's that's abuse. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. Why do I always I, say I like, maybe I'm wrong? I'm not I, wrong. I, <laughs> I ain't wrong. <laughs> I thought I was wrong once, but... I, yeah, I'm I'm wrong about some things. I'm right about this. It's it's abuse if you if you if you burn people out for yeah, the yeah, sake yeah. of the gospel. That's that is spiritual and emotional abuse. So rest is essential, and that's I, I like that terminology, you know. And we, we as as Christians, I think we as Western civilization, you know, we don't rest well. Um, no, we don't. And then, okay, so here's an analogy, an illustration that just came to mind. Um, and I think we're all different, uh, but when we think of rest, like going back to that, that one day off or the vacation, you know, or take, taking a week here or there, like we push, we push, we push. And then we just stop. Um, I've climbed many mountains, um, and in mountaineering, and you've been successful at all, but one, I I know I climbed the one that I was (laughs) successful at. That's true. It was just, I wasn't successful at getting (laughs) back 
down. Yeah. Uh, it depends on how you define success because I got back down. You did get back down. It just took a team of many people and in a helicopter. I mean, how much, how much more successful could you get? That's you know? true. That's true. That's you did, pretty you did awesome make it, way to You get did down. make it down. Um, but so climbing the mountain, there's different methods. I mean, some people that I've climbed with, they'll they'll go in these short spurts. They'll climb, 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 climb. You know, take about twenty steps or so, and then stop and rest. And then I'll come up right behind them. And by the time I get to them, they're off again, you know, sprinting and then climb, 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 and then stop and rest. And, and like when you're at elevation, you don't, you don't realize it's not just a simple hike. It's like one foot in front of the other. Um, it's very slow and tedious. And my method of climbing is like I'm just I, – I take it a little bit slower, but I don't take near as many rests. And and I'm just real kind of steady and consistent. Somebody described me once as as a tank, like oh, Josh is he's slower, but it's like the tortoise and the hare, you know, like he's just consistently right there. I and was I I could not hear that story without thinking of the tortoise and the hare. Yeah, you were like I telling the, the story of the tortoise yep. and the hare. Um, <laughs> and so that's how I think that's how I I operate kind of in in, in life as as well. I've never been good at taking you know a, a day a week off or a consistent day a week or something you know and um i've not i've not been good at having you know sp- two or three weeks a year where they're family vacations you know it's like it's sporadic but i i think my pace at life I, at least i strive to live it a little bit slower you know to try to build in those rest periods um when preemptively, I think probably, you know, before I need it, before I burn myself out. Um, but I, it goes the same true with like running, you know, are, are we a sprinter? Are we kind of a marathon runner or a distance runner? Um, you know, how do we, how do we operate? How do we function? And some careers, some, um, some people might need more of that sprint mentality and need more of a regimented routine, um, where, Others might not, and, and so I don't. I don't know if there's a a formula, a one size fits all with Sabbath. Um, I do think there are rhythms. We look at the Bible, you know, and it seems like, you know, there are the it's the rhythm of seven days in a week, and you know, God pretty much ordered us to take one day off, one day a week off. Um, so that I would say, by and large, that's a great principle to live by. Um, but I, I don't think we should ever be legalistic to that. Right. Um, I got a, I got a bunch to say here. I'll be, I'll be the Bible guy this week. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Jesus, Jesus does say in the book of Mark that Sabbath is made for humanity and not humanity for the Sabbath. That, that basically it's a gift. It's yeah. for, uh, humanity. It's not meant to be taken rigid. He's speaking back to people who are, um, are taking it so rigid, rigid that they're critical of any kind of work being done on a certain day. But Jesus is saying, no, it's, it's, it's for us. Um, it is a gift. I, I yeah. like that, you yeah. know, it's a, it's a gift. And, um, there are actually two in the old Testament stories about like why the Sabbath. And the, the first is in Exodus and, uh, the Exodus reason basically for the Sabbath is 
what because God did it, you know. He yeah, yeah. God rested and so we're to rest. To. Well, why to to enjoy and appreciate um creation and remember that we're uh more than just hands and feet used for like he was he was talking to the people who were just pulled out of slavery and he's reminding them you're more than just uh, what your hands and feet do. You're uh, like, it's a reminder to appreciate all that God's created. And then the second, uh, the second moment was in Deuteronomy, um, Deuteronomy chapter five. And uh, in Deuteronomy, he reminds the people again that they used to be in slavery. And so they need to remember to take a day off and to allow other people to take a day off. Like, to care for themselves and take that gift and remember um, God's creation and to rest themselves and to also give that gift to other people, to not enslave them and not push them too hard. And I think that is where you see pastors get in trouble sometimes because we push our volunteers so hard. Yeah, and when we and when we're planning events too, you know, like I I've always been cautious about planning too many like weeknight events. Um because I I want to encourage you know people in the church to spend time in their homes, to be with their families. Um you know, rather than having everything revolve around the church, you know, and um and so I think where we're at wherever we are, especially when we're working with volunteers, but even with employees too, um, yeah, be, be careful about that, you know, and, and, and look for ways to, I don't know, to give people, um, under your influence, to give them time away, to give them rest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's important, and Sabbath to me is, first of all, extremely hard to keep. I'm not like I'm not good at it. I take a day off a week, and um, people at my church have been trying to get me to do more, and I like I try to and have trouble with it. Um, part of the part of the issue is. I don't know how to rest well. I started this practice a while back of like actually turning off my phone on mm-hmm. on Friday, which is my day off, and I um I kind of stopped doing that after a while, and it's pro- I'm probably due to start it again. And what what I found on Friday was that like there didn't seem to be much to do when my phone was off cause, uh, and, and I wouldn't turn on the computer because I'm just used to always being connected to all the information. Mm. And so even my, even my day of rest was a day where I was following up with other people. And so, um, <coughs> so it was hard, but over time uh, I was reminded that, uh, there are more important things than me always constantly keeping up with people and always constantly trying to finish work. My value is not in the stuff that I do. 
my value is not in the things that I get done, and yeah, my value yeah, yeah. is not in how uh, how loved I am by other people. There's there's more important things. There's time with my family. They're getting uh, they're losing time with me if I'm constantly if I'm taking my entire day off on my phone. Yeah, they're missing that. Um, there's time for me. I've, um, I found throughout, uh, therapy and spiritual direction. I'm bad at caring for myself. I'm bad at like, uh, my, my spiritual director always says you give other people gifts and you don't give yourself any gifts. Mm. Um, like I'm, I'm bad at that. And that's, that's a necessary thing. It's like, not only does it keep me going, but I think like the reason God gave us the Sabbath is as a gift. And I'm not good at taking that gift mm. myself. It's, it's a hard practice because at its essence, it's a useless day. <laughs> right. It's a day that has no use. And that's the point is that it's useless, but like that's and, yeah, that's hard to swallow. And we, we live and again, going back to the premise of the show, um, you know, we live in a society, there's pressure to be useful. We have to, we have to achieve something. We have to, our lives have to matter. You know, I was having a conversation recently about somebody, you know, about how we actually hold on to this idea of legacy. You know, like we, we want to be able to leave a, a good legacy. You know, like we, we want our lives to make a difference, to really matter. I'm like, ah, but it, if we're honest with ourselves, everybody, like the earth continues to spin yeah. without our involvement, you know? And that was something that really struck me, you know, when we had AJ on the show, um, when he said the thing that, that scares him about the Sabbath is using the, the example of Moses when Moses was up on the mountain and came down and, and all the Israelites were worshiping the golden calf and, um, you know, and he got mad. He said that that is that's one temptation. But the thing that scares him more is to go away and then to come back and realize that everybody's still carrying on with life as as normal. Right. Um, the church can function if I'm not there or my my vocation can function if I'm not right. there. My nonprofit will keep going if Pe- I'm not part of it. People are not as dependent on us as we would like to think think they are yeah um and as maybe we want them to be you know and i was reminded of that you know through my my recent accident you know like i i couldn't i i was completely dependent upon you know everybody else to help me you know for the whole summer for like three months you know i i couldn't drive i had to ask people to give me rides you know and um i I couldn't cook. I, I couldn't do like, so people would kind of bring food and I couldn't even care for my, my kids. I couldn't hold my kids, you know? And, but guess what? People still lived <laughs> like their right. life continued to go on, even though I wasn't able to, to give of myself, you know, to help others, to, to perform, to function, you know, as I think I'm, you know, supposed to, you know? And, um, and it's humbling, but it's it's not until we, uh, when we can embrace that, when we can be okay with not being needed, 
that's actually when we're the most useful. Um, <laughs> I think like there's some irony there. Um, but that makes us, that gives us the biggest impact when we don't need to have an impact. Right. Wasn't that your, your uncle was talking about, um, getting to the point where we, we do the right thing just because yeah, it's the right thing. It's the right and thing. it's, it's sometimes gonna, you know, cause you trouble or your ministry trouble or whatever, but you like part of the spiritual life is getting to the point where that that stuff isn't important anymore. Yeah, and and I think the the word that comes to my mind is surrender. You know, like a a, a true point of of surrender, recognizing that man, our life doesn't matter as much as we would like to think it matters, and right. that makes our life matter more. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's the gift that Sabbath gives us. Yeah. It, it reminds us not only that the world keeps moving without us, which it does, and we can we can get in this space where we think we are absolutely necessary to the movement of the world. Um, but like that's one thing that it gives us. The other thing that it reminds us in time, and Eugene Peterson writes so much about this, but um, that Sabbath is uh, a time where we're reminded that our value is not from the things we do. It's it's yeah, from God. Good. It's it's from our uh, worth according to God, and that does not come because of the things we've done. God does not love me because of what I've done at the church. God does not love me because of uh, the things I've written or the things I've uh, or or the people's lives that I've affected. God. God doesn't love me because of those things. God loves me because God loves me. Like my yeah. value is in that and that alone. And that um I I think that's the the biggest gift and um that's that's a very spiritual look at um Sabbath, but to me that's the most impactful mm. is the reminder that a useless day gives us yeah. the reminder that our our worth is in God alone and not in yeah. you know the crap that we do. It's such a countercultural thought too, um, you know, and it goes against uh, it goes against Western civilization, um, you know, society and the worldview that we're conditioned um, to believe and and to practice. You know that. Our life only matters if we contribute, you know, um, if we play our part, if we work as hard as we can. Um, right. And that's, I mean, I'm starting to, <laughs> I'm starting to have moments where I'm like, oh, is a midlife crisis starting? I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm too young for it. I'm only 34, <laughs> but there are, there are moments where like I, I've, I, I don't know if it's burnout or what, but I start thinking, who cares about any of this? We're all gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> I've, yeah, yeah. I've had that thought like a lot recently, and um. And I think that's where a lot of midlife crisis crises come from is I haven't accomplished enough or um, none of it matters. You know, you start getting into like, 
being like the writer of Ecclesiastes. Like it doesn't, right. none of it matters. Everything is crap. And, um, and I think, I think the reminder that, um, the, the things you do aren't what ultimately matter. The things you do are good. And, and it's, uh, it, it's great to do them. It's great to join God in the work he's doing in the world, but ultimately your value doesn't come from that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, David, I've gotten some kind of pushback on, oh, the idea of Sabbath or intentional rest. Um, I think there's a generation before us that views that as, as laziness. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're like, with the it's work hard, you know, like you're, you're supposed to have a strong work ethic. Um, and the, let's be real, the millennial generation in which we're kind of forerunners for, um, or the beginning of, yeah. Um, we are, we uh, have there, there's a stereotype of millennials that they're lazy and, uh, entitled. And, and I, uh, I don't agree with that necessarily, but there's, uh, that's the stereotype, and that is um, a culture or two before us, like, um, but there's pro- projecting onto. There's some truth to that, though. Like, I, I don't know. I think back at like the '60s or '70s. I think back. I I wasn't born in the '60s or '70s, but there seemed to definitely be a similar um, mentality that kind of existed. A little bit more of a kind of a uh, happy-go-lucky or kind of come-what-may um, attitude. And, you know, we live we live in a city that has a nickname um, w- that it's where young people come to retire. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I love Portland, but it's, it's interesting. You know, I'll go to have brunch on a Wednesday and have to wait in line. You know, yeah. I'm like, wait, doesn't... D- don't anybody work in Portland? Um, Which is ironic because you're there too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very touche. Like I see the irony there. Um, but I, I'm I'm working, David. You know, it's no, I know, I know. <laughs> but that's the that's one of the hard things. Sorry, I'll I'll deviate and then we can come back. But uh, that's one of the hardest things for me to accept as a pastor because I, I mean, I think I work pretty hard, uh, but like in general, but a lot of what we do is meetings and a lot of those meetings yeah. happen in like coffee shops and a lot of, or, or in bar, uh, bars or restaurants or whatever. And, and, um, it's, it's hard to accept at first. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working hard. I'm at a meeting getting a, right with with my scone and my coffee you know among yeah. friends like that that was a hard thing to accept at first yeah um but at the same time like it's i don't know it's all hours of the night too you know i've had meetings you know at midnight yeah. and oh they, six in the morning and, and that's um, the that's the thing that i realized but anyway so you're saying like there's tons of people yeah, and not at work <laughs> Uh, but I, I think it probably goes back to like the core values. What are the things that we as a generation value? And I don't want to work my whole life, you know, for some job that I could care less about, you know, like there are things that are more important to me. And, and I, th- I think people, this is what I see at least kind of in our generation or with people in Portland, 
um, you have few people who like sit into a career, you know, for for the long haul. You know, I I have some neighbors who, you know, are, you know, fairly successful. One of them works at Intel. The other's a nurse, and um, they have young children. But their plan in a couple years is to sell everything and to take their kids and to live on a boat, hmm. um, you know, and to sail around the world for for a couple years, you know, and do the kids have a say in this? Cause I, they, they, yeah, <laughs> they do, and they're excited about it, <laughs> okay. you know, but they're going to go and they're going to homeschool. And like, that is, that sounds cool. And, you know, we, I, I think the generation before, like, they're like, okay, we got to work our whole life so that we could do that. Man, why don't we just do that now? If that's our value, if that's what we, we want, why are right. we, why are we, pushing that off um and so i i know to say all that going back to you know this idea of intentional rest being lazy um i I don't think i think it's embracing a value that yeah i don't think it's laziness and i also think um what's interesting is that the same people who often like motivational speakers uh one generation ahead of us, motivational speakers and pastors and, and uh, other people have repeated the line. And I know you've heard this. um, When you die, none of that stuff that you've done is going to matter. Like, like you, you're not going to end your life thinking about all the, all the work that you've done when you're on your deathbed, the most important things are going to be on your mind. And and you've heard people say that. Uh, uh, the motivational speakers have said that. Those same people are often the ones that are pushing people to uh, work their butts off. And I'm like, maybe uh, taking those ideas into consideration that at the end of your life, the things that are going to matter are um, family, friends, uh, relationships, yeah, um, the 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 love you uh, you know gave to the world, the the compassion that came to the world through you, like those things might will will be the things that really truly mattered to you, and so we need to work that stuff into a rhythm of our lives now. Yeah, yeah, right. Like it. If we if we work our butts off and then end up realizing, oh yeah, that that speaker was right, well, maybe we should take his or her words into consideration, yeah. and and um, and then when uh, those same people are are calling you lazy, well, you're not. I mean, <laughs> like right. that's that's fine. Like let them let them call you what they want. It's not it's not laziness. It's it's like living out the values that you um, you want to uh, that are important to you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think of the song "The Cats in the Cradle," you know, and yeah. um, there's so many movies like that too. And the cats in the cradle uh, in the soup. I, I, like I, I'm gonna tear up <laughs> and cry, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and that's it, because of my beautiful singing voice. <laughs> And for for me, being a, a parent of three daughters, um, like those things hit so close to home, you know, and realize, man, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give my life to something else, and um, you know, it, to to realize in twenty years that I barely know my children, 
Um, right. and I, I had the realization. So I, I worked at UPS for a number of years, and we had a conversation at one point. Um, we were when I was down in Eugene. The crew that we worked with, we were we were like family. We were pretty tight, and I still have some of those relationships. Um, but there was a morning where we were talking, and we realized that we spent more time with each other. And this is part time, so this is only like a four to five hour shift a day. But even with that, we spent more time with each other than we did with our family or with our spouse. Um, and like, wow. So there's a couple of different ways to look at that. You know, like first off, you're like, well, screw this. I'm going to quit and leave and go do something I value. Or we can find value in that, which I think is what we ended up doing. And that crew, like we became, we became family. We did stuff together outside of work, you know, and we're like, hey, we're going to make this. I mean, work is not a core value, but these relationships are. And yeah. we're going to kind of enjoy it while while we we're here and you know for us the bottom line wasn't to get the boxes in the cars but that was our managers they tried to instill that in us but man that doesn't matter now the things that matter is those relationships that still exist and and the stuffed french toast that i learned how to cook because of you know one of the gals that that was there you know sounds um, awesome it totally is (laughs) and and it had I learned that from the relationship at UPS. It had nothing to do with getting the packages in the cars, um, but the getting the packages in the cars was just kind of the the means to you know accomplish something deeper and something greater. It is interesting that you you mentioned that. Uh, like I'm thinking about other jobs I've had, and um, you know, I mean, I remember moments about them, but it's um, it's one or two people in each job. Like that's mm. that's what I remember about the job is the is the people mm. that like we got close. It's uh, that that really is what's matter what matters. Um, no, you mentioned how uh, you can get like all your time taken up. I my six year old just recently like I I had to go uh, back for a meeting at night once, and she kind of went. <sighs> you're never home. Yeah. I mean, that, like that hadn't Gene Peterson had that realization, you know, it was his kids. And it was like after his third or fourth meeting in a week. And he's like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. I um, hadn't noticed. I thought I'd been home enough. I, I and, and uh, maybe kids are like the worst mirrors ever. They are the best, I guess. They you are. Know, they well, show us what kids are good. I, um, yeah, I actually, I read a book called sacred marriage. Shout out. It's, it's great. Um, years and years ago before I got married and, um, and, uh, Gary Thomas point in the book, like part of it was that, well, I mean, the point of the book was that marriage, uh, is meant to like help make you holy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that one one of the thing that he one of the things that he said he was like marriage is a giant mirror that will point yeah. out all of the all of the flaws and problems with you. And I was I thought about it um, because it's not it's not like my wife points them out. She doesn't. Uh, I mean, you know, she does if if it's uh, like important, but. You just notice the stuff you do, and and it's the same with kids. Like you realize stuff about yourself through them. And and when my daughter said, "You're never home," I like I didn't even notice that mm-hmm. it had been happening. I thought I'd been home enough. I I run a lot, and mm. that's four days a week. It takes about an hour to run and an hour 
before and after to like, um, you know, get ready and stretch and shower and stuff. So that's, that's two hours a day, four days a week, plus work, plus meetings, plus like, like there was a lot of stuff, plus podcasts. I mean, we were like, we, not that this takes up a long time, but we had a run where we yeah. were, we were doing a lot of them in a row just because that's how timing worked out. I didn't even notice like how much it took away from my kids. And, um, and I think like you talk about the turtle versus the hair strategy, like you need to, you need to figure out a rhythm that works for you. But I think the reason six days on one day off works is because it's so rigid. And so like if, if there's the possibility that you're gonna like forget and and get too busy with other things, there's just always that one defined day yeah. that like makes you stop <coughs> and makes you do the things that are actually valuable and important long term. You know, David, one of the things thinking thinking about the purpose of intentional rest. Um, what I do not like is if we, if we take time away so that we can become more effective and successful in the other six days. Like I, I do not like that at all. That does not sit right with me. Um, but I, so because that's trying to use that time, use that self-care, use that intentional rest, that's trying to make it mean something or make it have a point, you know? And I, there's there's something uh, we, we're created, you know, we operate best when we realize that, no, it we need time that doesn't actually lead to anything that's not productive. Um and it doesn't have to make us more productive for it to matter either. Well, that doesn't even work. Like I've I've tried that. Um, where I like when my mentality is this day off will make me more effective the other days. I mean, technically that's probably true, but that's not yeah. the motivation. Um, like when I do that, I've caught myself before. I um, I read sometimes on my day off or mm. my Sabbath day. I I, I like reading and. <laughs> I was one Sabbath reading a leadership book and I'm like, this isn't a day off. This is me. <laughs> this is just yeah. me working. This is me trying to make my ministry more effective. Like I should be doing this not today. Hmm. The, that's not a day of rest from the other things. That's just me working and calling it a Sabbath day. Yeah. That's, that's garbage. So it doesn't work like trying to use your sabbath day to make better the other days yeah i and i i think that that intentional rest day like it has value in and of itself um it doesn't have to lead to something else and yeah i because i i don't like the mentality of having to push and push and push and you know be so driven to be more successful and building something bigger and better and um so yeah man it's a it's an important value and um i mean like aj was saying when he was on uh it's 
it's one of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> like it, it was obviously one of the foundational things that uh, God put in place for His people, and it's the one that we um, not only tend to exclude, but we value when people don't do it. But yeah. there's there's value in resting. Yeah. In and of itself, resting in a rest for your soul, resting in God, resting in uh, um, like for uh, to remind you of the of the things that are truly important. It's a it's an important value and it's an unsuccessful value. It's not one that makes right. any sense to us um, Western Christians. And uh, that's that's a problem. And we need to revive this this kind of practice yeah i think with with all of all of the ten commandments it's like god didn't give those because uh to to be strict regimented rules that we had to live by or abide by but like he gave those he outlined those for us because he's like guys i i made you and you work best when you follow these rules you know when you you work under these principles and uh and so we can we can live our life without taking any sabbath without taking any rest but we don't function very well you know and we're i think we we probably find ourselves being discontent um in in everything um but when we when we do when we take that intentional time. Um, I think it, it does have a way of, of permeating the rest of our, our whole lives. And we find greater joy, um, greater contentment, um, just, a, a happiness, a more positive outlook on life. Um, and so it's, it's those principles that, I don't know, I, I want to live my life, you know, not, not to be the most successful person, but man, I'd love to be the most joyful person, you know, or one of the most content people you ever met. Like, how would that be? You know, like right. that would be awesome. And that's the person that I want to be, not the person with the most money or the most success. And the big irony is that when we know those people, like we so look up to them and yeah. yet we can't get ourselves to be those people. It's, it's so frustrating. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't joking. I mean, I've I've kind of kidded about, like, I want to write a leadership book, uh, you know, on in the vein of like Seven Habits of Highly Effective <laughs> Leaders or something. But um, where, if you put all these principles in place, you'd probably shrink and kill whatever mm. ministry you were doing, and yet it would be much more in line with. Um, uh, yeah. biblical ideas we keep talking about this you principle and i'm like yeah that 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 would definitely be one of them uh regular rest for the sake of rest <laughs> yeah <laughs> like well, well it will decrease stress it will give you more joy it just yeah i know you've been doing some writing on on this idea but like i i i really want to at some point and think i will write a book for like like following in the vein of typical Christian leadership books that in my opinion would have a much more biblical outlook and also would not sell very many copies. It wouldn't, <laughs> it would not show up in a, in t- 
Target or Barnes and Noble or anything because like no one wants to hear about uh, the you know how to how to make your life suck from a from a <laughs> from a Western perspective, but be more in line with the kind yeah. of person God calls people to be. <laughs> yeah, because that's what uh, that's what being really happy is. Yeah, yeah, and uh. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe I'll do it. I'll I probably will do it at some point. I'll uh if I ever get to outlining it all the way, then I'll definitely write it. But it's that it's that part of it where whenever I start outlining the idea, I'm like, this is a stupid joke project and no <laughs> one would ever read it, so then I scrap it. One of these days though, I'll um like if I if I'm up for 48 hours and my mind is just spinning into some weird ideas i'll outline the whole thing and then <laughs> and then it'll get done but just make sure you don't read it on your day off that's right <laughs> all right um well, well uh we've like what do huh? how do we live this like what what are oh is there any practical applications they just take a day off it's yeah, like not be intentional yeah like um it I doesn't think, have to be I the same I, day every week does i it? think i mentioned already i um I was turning my phone off. That actually really helped. Um, I like finding a way to detach hmm. from your normal flow hmm. of life. I think it's the key. Like um, if if your constant thing is to be checking Twitter, or Instagram, or Facebook or something, I Just either leave your phone off or like don't click on the apps. I know your thumb naturally goes to them because you're on them all the time. Don't. Yeah. Or if you if you check the news a lot, you know what? You'll find out about what happened tomorrow. Yeah. You don't you don't need to know today. And that's the point. The world will continue without you and it doesn't need your input. No one on Facebook or Twitter needs your hot take on the news of today. They can get it tomorrow. It's huh. okay. In fact, you know what? Your hot take is going to be a much more <laughs> thoughtful uh, take tomorrow than it is today. Yeah. Let it sit for a while. Don't you don't need to be invested. Don't um if if you're if you're constantly if there are certain friends of yours who whenever you get together the conversation always naturally goes to um to work stuff. Maybe don't hang out with them that day. Hmm. Like do something else. You don't you don't need to find some way to switch up the uh, flow of your life so that you're not focused on um, on the things that you normally yeah. are. Eugene Peterson always said he um, he and his wife would go to the woods in the morning and they would hike and uh, they actually remained silent until noon. They'd bring yeah. they they'd go on a hike. They'd enjoy creation and then when they ate lunch together, they'd pack some sandwiches. Then they would talk, um, but they. They didn't for the first six hours of the day, and um, that mm. was a practice that worked for him. I know my f- uh, friend, <coughs> my friend David. He used to um, he used to go skiing. I know you like skiing. He would uh, he would leave his phone off. He had an associate pastor, and he had me, and so he just got the church in the practice of um, like on my day off, you will call one of them because I don't have my phone. And that yeah. that's that's a good way to do it. Like figure out something, and um, and then make it stick. 
I think one uh, AJ said something that was challenging. He said, "You know, is Sabbath a a privilege for the rich?" Oh yeah. Um, oh, that was so good. And so there, there are a couple things that come to mind. You know, is practically, I think that there are things that all of us can do, even if you are strapped and you have to work eighty hours a week. You know, seven days a week. Like that, there are some practices, whether it be like on a lunch break or something. I think detaching from the world is is really important. And so there are definitely some things, even in that kind of an environment. I think that you can do to. Uh, to remind yourself that you aren't that important. Um, and so there's there's that aspect. Find something that, that works for you. And then the other thing I think is, and this is a challenge for all of us, seek ways in which we can give the gift of Sabbath to others. You know, and so like right now I'm thinking of like my brother and sister-in-law who have a new baby at home. You know, like, man, as are, are there things that I can do? They're not getting any rest, you know, literal rest are there things that i can do to help them you know to, to jump and say hey I'll, I'll take your kids for a couple hours so you can take a nap you know or so you can have some some quietness you know what are those things you know are single parents how can we help single parents out you know like what are those gifts those opportunities in which we we can give rest to to other people and i think in doing that we will find ourselves kind of find ourselves in this place of, of rest, I think, through that um, as, as well. I think it's definitely a gift that, that gives back. Right. Um, oh, that's so good, giving the gift of Sabbath to others. Yeah. Oh, man, that's that's so great. Um, that when, when AJ was talking about the, the poor, I was thinking, if you're, if you're living in a tent, uh, if you're homeless in the city and you're constantly in danger of, getting swept and you don't have uh like clean clothes at all and all of your clothes are super wet and um you're getting harassed wherever you are and you have no money and nowhere to go like how do you take a day of rest how do you take Mm -hmm. any rest you don't rest you're always on edge and so finding ways in society to give the gift of rest to someone whether it's your uh your brother who just had a baby or whether it's uh, um, like offering some kind of solace, some kind of shelter. Uh, it could, it could just be something as simple as some dudes freezing outside, buy him McDonald's yeah. and hang out for an hour and a half or whatever. Sorry, McDonald's for the people who are going to be <laughs> hanging out for an hour and a half now, but you know, it's, it, it could be something simple, but man, offering the gift of uh, yeah. Sabbath to someone is a, just an awesome idea so yeah that's yeah. my two cents um and it it works different for everybody you know and i don't think i'm ever gonna be the guy who has you know a certain day of the week every week you know that it just doesn't fit in my rhythm you know but realizing i think that i do need to embrace intentional rest you know on a regular basis um Right. You know, and uh, and then and g- give that gift to m- my family too, and you know to those around me, and um, so yeah. Well, it doesn't like you. You do what works for you. Sabbath was made for humanity, not humanity for yeah. the Sabbath, because it's a gift. It's a gift um, for each of us. It's a it's a gift of a useless day. So. <laughs>
Um, man, that's a great way to end. That's it. a good place to end on. So uh, you can find us at Unsuccess Pod on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. I haven't said that in a while, but we're still there. Um, and for the Unsuccess Podcast, I'm David. And I'm Josh. And we will see you next time. <laughs>